monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan. Some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Well, hello and welcome to the Bride of the Creature podcast once again. I am Joey G, and with me as always is the cutest podcaster in town, Nicole. The Bride, Nicole G. You're the creature. You're fine, I'm the creature. I just thought that was lame to do I that like again. That. I'm the creature, Joey G, it's and the cutest cute. podcaster in town, Nicole. The Bride. Hello. There she is. Hi, how are you? Good. How I'm are not you? cute. I'm a manly beast of a man. You're adorable. I'm a fucking rock solid bear. <laughs> Of a yeah. man. Bear in terms of like a grizzly bear, not like a chubby gay guy. Um. What do you mean, um? <laughs> I'm a, I am virile and studly. Good women word, women f- fall at my feet. Yeah, because you push them. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> that was your big comeback, because you push them. You're uh, a bully. I'm not a bully. I'm an awesome dude. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, welcome to the show. This week on the show, it was Nicole's pick. That's right. For the movie. Uh, so we are looking at a movie from last year, 2012, and it was Scott Derrickson's Sinister. New details today in the grisly murders of a local family found earlier this week. I didn't want to move here. We couldn't afford to live in the old house anymore. Plus, the new story I'm writing is here. Is the story a good one this time? I'm going to write the best book that anybody's ever read. I got a really good feeling about this. (laughs) You gotta be kidding me. Family hanging out. Barbecue 79. That's the family who lived here. You think these are serial murders? I don't know. First one I found dates back to the 60s. The only link between all these cases is the symbol. The symbol is associated with a pagan deity named Bagul. He consumes the souls of human children. actually lived in the images themselves and that they were gateways into his realm. Children exposed to the images were especially vulnerable to Bagul's abduction. Sweetheart, what are you doing? Painting. I wanted to paint her picture. Who are you talking about? Stephanie. She used to live here. What's happened? Get the kids, pack the car. We have to leave here now. Nicole, why'd you pick this movie? Um, 
because it was um, a more modern horror movie that I thought you would really enjoy, and there's a lot of modern ones that you, you don't. You picked it for me? Yeah, and I, I saw it in theaters with my girlfriends, and I thought you'd like it, especially after you watched VHS and you liked the whole movie kind of stuff. VHS was my favorite movie I thought last you would year. like this one for the whole movie aspects and the mystery crime part of it. I did like those things about this movie. Those are things knew, about this movie I that I liked. I know you so well. It's like we're married. Yeah, no, it was Aww. good. Would you like me to tell the people and you what it was about? Yeah, because you're better at it than me. So the basic premise is Ethan Ethan Hawke, whose name in the movie was Ellison Oswald, and I read that he's named Ellison Oswald. He's named after Harlan Ellison and Patton Oswald. Isn't that cool? Who? Harlan Ellison and Patton Oswald. Who's Harlan Ellison? Well, he's only one of the greatest science fiction authors of all time. What has he written? Uh, some fantastic short stories such as I Have No Mouth Yet I Must Scream. He wrote uh, many of the best episodes of things like The Twilight Zone and Star oh, Trek. Cool. And, yeah, he's And he's and also just Patton like... And Patton Oswalt? And Patton Oswalt. Why Patton Oswalt? Because Scott Derrickson likes Patton Oswalt. That's hilarious. Yeah, because he's a fan. Thanks, uh, but anyway, Professor Joey. You're welcome. Anyway, Ethan Hawke and his family move into the home of a murdered family, um, which his family doesn't know. Only Ethan Hawke knows that people were murdered there. To investigate uh, the murders and disappearance of one of the family members from the home, Ethan Hawke is a true crime writer, and uh, he ends up finding a box up in the attic of home movies uh, that show, they're basically they're snuff, Super 8 snuff films that show the deaths of not only the family that lived in the house before him, but the deaths of four other families dating back all the way to the 1960s across the country. And the film itself becomes a mystery about uh, who these families are and what happened to them and all that jazz. And Ethan Hawke in, in the movie, he's kind of chasing his old his past glory. of, yeah. yeah, his old glory of, um, what was the bit called? Wait. Yeah, it was called Kentucky Blood. He wrote Kentucky a true a true crime novel called Kentucky Blood that was quite popular, and his last few books didn't work. And Kentucky Blood revealed information that the cops had overlooked, and he mm-hmm. helped solve a crime. So he's kind of chasing his old glory. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest, that aspect of the movie, the whole disgraced former star who's previous few books didn't work out very well and the cops don't like him now that part didn't really work for me like the whole idea that the cops at the beginning of the movie they make kind of a fuss about how most cops don't like him now because his past few books have uh a he's been wrong or he's allowed murderers to get off and he's interfered with police investigations it doesn't really ever come back ever like, the sheriff only has two scenes, the one at the very beginning and the one towards the end. I thought it was an interesting aspect of the movie, and I think they could have done more with it. Yeah, I think it could have been interesting, but they didn't do anything with it at yeah. all. It was just sort of there. Well, I liked the the growth in his character that you see, because he's watching old interviews of mm-hmm. himself from when he did Kentucky Blood, and he really was a, in it for the money. That's not how I took that at all. He was in it, he was, uh, no, listen, he was truly in it for to tell a story to he had something to say i don't think that's true though and now he's just in it for the fame and money i don't think that's true nicole i think that when he's watching that tape and listening to his own responses you see him rolling his eyes like even he knows he was full of shit then i don't think back when kentucky blood came out he was all about the justice and chasing down the story i think even then he was enjoying being famous and being cool and that's why every time the guy answers oh justice no question he's just like whatever i think he was laughing at he was rolling his eyes at his jokes in the interview. No, I th- I think he was looking at what a dipshit he was. I think he just thought, what a fucking idiot. No, I think you're wrong. No, I don't think I am. But anyway, uh, 
But again, that doesn't matter either because it never really matters either. The whole idea that he's chasing this story to become famous again doesn't really have anything to do with the plot. It's another kind it of a does, red herring. Actually, I think it does because now he's just being selfish about it for the money and the fame, and he's even throwing his family under the bus. It is just showing how selfish of a person he is. I mean, yeah, but only once, only by the last twenty minutes of the movie, when he realizes that there is actually like a monster ghost that's trying to kill his family and him. That's the only time that like he's actually putting his family in danger. Well, he's putting them through like hell to. They moved. Yeah, but they like they have to go to school. They they have to hear about what their dad is doing and all he's investigating about. Like the boy goes to school and he he draws the horror. Yeah, I'm not images. saying that they're good parents because they're not, but I don't think that he was putting his family through hell. Well, he threw them under the bus for fame. I don't think so. No. How did he throw them under the bus? Putting them through through shit at school. Lots of people have to move. It's not just moving, Joey. You're not listening to what I'm saying. I am listening to what you're saying. I just don't agree because I I think that that part was overstated a great deal because I honestly didn't see how what he was doing was really affecting his family much other than occasionally his wife would yell at him. Like, that part of the story wasn't particularly well explored. It was left very vague or just, like, very broad strokes. could have done strokes. more with it, but, like, yeah, the, the son had to go through some shit at school because of what his dad does and because of where right. they're living in the murder house. But we only house. really, he, well, we don't, that doesn't have anything to do with it because nobody knows they're living in the murder house until the end when Ethan Hawke tells his wife. The, the family doesn't know that. His kids never do find out. Remember? Yeah, but they know that a murder happened and that their dad's investigating yeah, well, it and they know the that a murder happened. horrific images on chalkboards. and Right, but now we don't even see that. It's just alluded to. Like, he was acting out, but I don't think he's putting his family through hell. But anyway, that, that's not the point. Uh, overall, I actually thought his family life was pretty decent. Like, I really thought his family was nice. <laughs> I think that his, him and his wife could not communicate without yelling at each other. I disagree. For what the most part. No, for the whole... She keeps telling him how she's supporting him. Of course, then she's not supporting him all the time. She always says, like, I'm here, I'm with you. Maybe your 15 minutes of fame was up 10 years <laughs> ago. And it's like, what the fuck, bitch? Like, one second you're like, oh, I'm here, I'm for, I'm here for you. Then you're just like, you're a failure. Because well, she even says, I, I'm I'm stand by your side. And he was like, that's not what you were going to say. And then she says the thing about the 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but then the other thing she says is, like... I believe you can do this. I believe in you. He's like, great. I really am behind you. Yes. If this one doesn't work, I'm moving out and taking the kids to my sister's. And I was like, what the fuck? What a big threat, eh? <laughs> yeah. So basically, <laughs> this is all a roundabout way of me saying that like the family aspect of this movie doesn't work at all. Let's talk about what does work. Just about everything else. Yeah. Like the actual, yeah, his family life doesn't work at all, but the rest of it works pretty well. The mystery itself is really good. It's a very yeah. cool mystery. Um, it takes a bit too long to unravel. And a little bit, because... Well, when I first, this is my second time seeing the movie. When I first saw it, there's a lot of Ethan Hawke walking around his house at night hearing noises. There is a lot. A lot of it. A lot and of when that. I, when I first saw it, that was suspenseful watching in the movie theater with a big crowd. It was suspenseful mm-hmm. and it built tension. But because I'd already seen it, those parts did nothing for me. See, I, I hadn't seen it before. And the first time, suspenseful. Second time, a little bit of suspense. By like the seventh time that he wakes up because he hears something in the middle of the night, I was like, 
Jesus Christ, this movie is 20 minutes too long because the mystery is so good. But it's halfway so through the good. second act, it drags because he's just walking around his house with a bat for half an hour. Yeah. It seriously was It was starting to get funny. I was just like, Jesus Christ, put some fucking nightlights in your house. But what do you think of the home movies the, the, themselves? The, the Super 8 things? Those yeah. were good. Those I were very creepy. I thought they were very cool. I, I do find it interesting that you thought that those would be what made me like the movie because they're really, like, if you add up the run times of all five of the movies, they're like, well, no, just three minutes of their the, story of the and how, how they're connected. How they're connected. Yeah, no, the, the those films were cool. Like, so it basically, yeah, it's families getting killed. They're just snuff films. But yeah. on the, the case for the Super 8 film, it's called something like something very traditional. Hanging out whole with the movie. family, people being hung. And yeah, pool, pool party. Pool party, them being drowned. The dr- that was the coolest Barbecue one, Barbecue and they're being burned. Burned alive in a car, yeah. Yard work and they're, oh. Being killed by a lawnmower. That was your favorite. My favorite was the drowning. You didn't like that one, did you? What? The, the drowning. Lawnmower? No, that was my favorite one. You were, but you were like, that'd be dangerous to film. I remember even saying, like, wow, that'd be dangerous to film that because those people are strapped to lawn trapped. chairs and then they put cinder blocks on the lawn chairs and dump them in a pool. I guarantee there was someone in the bottom of the pool, like four scuba guys with air tanks. But still, I was like, Jesus, I would not want to be the guys who agreed to do that. Like, actually strapped to a That's lawn chair. That's scary as that shit. That would be scary. I wonder, yeah. they should do um, commentary with the people who... Maybe they did. Well, maybe they, the director probably said, just for the record... These people are fine. <laughs> like we didn't kill no, anyone. No, no people were hurt in the making of this movie. They filmed those four, those five things first. All the Super Eight footage they filmed first. Oh, cool! And they was actually filmed on Super on Eight. On Super Eight, yeah. I liked the the lawn one, the yard work one, because it shocked me. Like it was so horrible to see that. I was like, oh my god! Like Ethan Hawke jumped, I jumped. <laughs> it's very similar to the end of Peter Jackson's Brain Dead. Um, the lawnmower. Sweet. We'll watch that on the pod sometime. Right. Gross you out a little bit. Cool. Uh, let's see. What I, I look at my notes here. Notes did, time. Did you like a deputy so and so? No, the not really. That character. I mean, I could see why he was there, and I liked him because he was Ziggy from The Wire. But every time he spoke, I was like, "This character is literally just there to to be, be for exposition, not for comic relief." He was there because one of the coolest things about the movie is Ethan Hawke never leaves the house. You never see Ethan Hawke anywhere but the house. One scene in his car, and then one scene at the end in a different house. So the entire movie basically takes place in this house. So he needs a character on the outside <laughs> to do some research for him, and that's basically what that cop is for, just to have somebody who can look up shit because there's no way Ethan Hawke can get that information. And same goes for Vincent D'Onofrio's character, the guy from uh, Law & the Order, professor. The, the professor, who was cool. Like, he's only in it for about two minutes, but he's he, all his there is just to give you some exposition. Hey, but the professor's stories of what the creature bad guy is mr Boone. yeah they were cool it was really interesting i thought that that is believable that people would have believed in that and they would have believed yeah, it that sounds like a pagan deity, in yeah. the, the images and they destroyed the images for for their superstitions and yeah. i liked that yeah that was that was definitely cool the whole pagan myth element i, I did like that uh, but again like the whole time i couldn't really separate from the fact that these characters are only there to be plot devices like he could have googled that but they wanted to have him talk to somebody, <laughs> and I get it. It was fine. It, it didn't bother me, but the whole time I was just kind of like, "If he was just reading it, I would have been bored." Yeah, no, I completely <laughs> agree. I can see why that character was there, but it's just like, yeah, this character might as well have been called Mister Exposition. <laughs> like his yeah. job was to come in and be like, "Here is the plot." See, I thought you wouldn't like that because of the they were Mister Exposition, but ah, they them. were fine. I didn't mind that. I mean, I don't mind exposition, but I they did it. Okay, for characters who were Mister Exposition, they did a very good job of pretending that they weren't. Mr. Exposition yeah. by actually making them characters. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Like, like uh, 
I, I do find it the running gag of deputy so and so. Like they kept calling him that. I was like, Jesus, this is getting old. But they continued to call him it's that. Funny. I thought he was an entertaining character I who was kind of a little funny. bit, a little bit starstruck by Ethan Hawke. And Vincent D'Onofrio was just a really cool character as well. He's just a great actor, so it's cool to see him in anything. Back to the notes. So here, my first note says mystery is very cool. I guess I liked the mystery. <laughs> my note number two says, God, he investigates a lot of strange noises throughout this movie. <laughs> this reads like your uh, diary. My diary. Okay, this is something good. Musical score. The music in this movie was excellent. It was. So moody, so awesome. Awesome, 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 he awesome He obviously music. put a lot of um, thought and emphasis into that. Yeah, and it resists. It doesn't resist all of the modern horror tropes, but it does resist no. a lot of them. Like, there are still a few jump scares that really Cheap don't scares, do much. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, jump scares always are kind of fun, but they kind of annoy me. There's one jump scare at the very, very, very end. That I just looked at him and thought was fucking retarded. Why was that there? That was literally Jason jumping out of the water at the end of Friday the 13th yeah. for no reason. Nowhere near as cool. But whatever. It was the end of the movie, so it didn't matter. But but yeah, the mystery was great. I thought the resolution for it was pretty good. I liked all the acting in the movie, apart from his wife. who Did she sometimes have an accent? She had an accent the whole way through. See, I only noticed she had an af- accent like in the last third of the movie, so I don't think it was that good of an accent. I noticed it right away, Really? Because I was like, that... I- at first, I just thought she had a weird voice. I think that's just her real voice. Okay, well, it didn't. It was annoying then because I didn't notice she had an accent at first. Um, that was weird. You, you totally threw me off of what I was going to say. Um, I was going to say that I think it's hard to resolve a horror movie well, and I think that this movie wrapped it up in a way that was almost perfect for the movie because. So many of them just resolve it and it's done badly or they leave it open. Yeah, it's because, well, this movie was open. It's because so many horror movies decide they have to have a payoff or a resolution because they think that the audience won't be happy unless they have a, a bow tied on the end and of their I story. It, and there wasn't in this movie I at all. I think it's hard to end a horror movie well. And I think that this did. I don't think it's hard to end a horror movie well. I think that people just suck at it lately. I think that a lot of horror movies end fantastically, but starting around like... I don't know, 90, 1995, 1996, they just stopped doing it very well. Well, that's why I say that, because that's a lot of the ones that I yeah, watch. I suppose. Yeah, no, I, I did like the ending of this movie quite a bit. It made sense for the story. Yeah. It wasn't a cheap gag. Like, you know, yeah. some movie, like some horror movies, they'll just... Like, the end of The Ring, when she crawls on the TV, like... That's where that movie falls apart for me. Yeah, just kind of cheap. Stupid. Um, there's a few scenes in this movie that work better than others, I think. Like, a lot of it works really well. All the Super 8 stuff looks fantastic. There's one scene where he's walking, again, walking through his house looking for stuff, <laughs> and you see these, like, ghostly children running around. And I think it would have worked better for me if we didn't see them so much, partly because I was sick of him walking around his house at this point. But partly because we see them again at the end, and it would have been more powerful, I think, if we hadn't seen those kids already a whole bunch. So we didn't see them a whole bunch. We saw them a lot in that scene, and I really liked that scene because it could have easily fallen into horror movie cliches where you just quickly see a glimpse of a kid running by or in a noise. You saw these kids for a long time, and how they moved was different, and Ethan Hawke can't see them when they're around him, and I just liked the way it was done. It looked cool, but it had no purpose because nobody sees them. So they're just like running around the house for no reason. But like he, the, at we, the time, we you're see not the one sure girl. what they are. We're pretty sure what they are. Like, he's already talked about... I don't want to give away any spoilers, but by then he's already talked to Vincent D'Onofrio once and knows what the Bagul actually does to people. So he already knows. So, like, you can put two and two together in your head. But uh, the the other scenes with those kids look really cool, and they are very scary. The, the quick moments with them are good, but those long, sustained ones where he never even sees them until he's in the attic 
if he hadn't seen them until he was in the attic or if we hadn't seen them until he was in the attic i think it would have been better but so then it just became look how creepy the makeup is on these kids for no reason so it didn't really serve any purpose other than to pad a movie that was already too long you know what i mean well i think it offered an explanation for the noises he was hearing because finally we get to see what's making the noise but he still doesn't know sure but i think we already kind of knew what was making the noise But it was cool to see okay yeah i i think mostly the problem with it was the fact that because the movie was 20 minutes too long already that adding scenes like that that didn't do anything other than look cool just didn't work for me because it was already too long you know like I think that this movie should have been ninety minutes, and it would have been really, really fantastic. Really strong, yeah. But because it was an hour and fifty minutes, it was just pretty good. Do you have anything else you want to say about it? No, I'm glad that you. I'm glad you, that you like those aspects of it. You like one of this guy's other. You like The Exorcism of Emily Rose, don't you? I do. Is that the one that has the trial towards the yes. end? I actually like that movie too. It's a different take on an it's exorcism movie, yeah. movie. Unfortunately, he also directed the remake of The Day of the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves, and that is a piece of shit. I've never seen that movie. It is not good. What's that one? It's a remake of The Day of the Earth Stood Still, which is one of the greatest science fiction films of all time. Is that lady in it? That girl? That lady? That looks androgynous. She looks like David Bowie. Jennifer Connelly is in this movie. Oh. You're thinking of uh, the girl looks like Conan O'Brien. Tilda yeah, Swinton. No, yeah. I don't think Tilda Swinton is. In this okay, movie. I'm not. I don't know. No, it's got Kathy Bates, John Hamm. I mean, it, it should have. Maybe it's. Maybe I should give it another watch because I did like these other two movies he's made. But I remember watching it and going, Jesus! If you're going to remake the Day of the Earth, that's still try harder. But are those anyway. the only movies he's done? Um, looking at the old Wikipedia here, Dirk, Dirk, Dirk. He also directed one of the Hellraiser movies. Um, looks like Hellraiser like five. Have you seen it? Uh, I've only seen the first three so far. And he also made uh, br- 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 something. No, Sinister was his fourth film. Cool. Well, I'd be excited for his next one then because I yeah. really like this one. It's called Goliath. Cool. By the looks of it. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that was good. Nicole, what is your rating out of 10 for Sinister? I give it a 7 out of 10. I also give it a 7 out of 10. Oh my gosh, is this the first time we've actually. Let's consult the tape. Joey documents everything. No, we both gave Lords of Salem an 8. Aw, we're so cute. All right, we also gave the I each a six. Oh. And I don't know what your ratings for the first four was, because I didn't want to go back and listen to it when I made this chart. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So that is Sinister, and that was fun. Yeah. So, it's time for Would You Rather. Yeah. I just discovered that another podcast I like does Would You Rather. (laughs) I was like, God damn it. I didn't know that Comedy Bang Bang did Would You Rather before we started it, though. That's okay. We can still so is it my turn for Would You Rather? Yeah. Okay. Would you rather live in a house where a murder took place? All right. Or, but have cheap rent? Okay. Or live in a house where a murder didn't take place and pay high rent? See, if it was just me by myself, I would live in the non-murder house and pay higher rent. But because I live with you and I know you don't believe in shit like this, like ghosts or anything, I think that would make me feel safer so I'd pick the murder house. If I was living by myself, I'd pick the murder house because it's cheaper. But if I had to live with you, fuck, I'd take the higher rent rather than have to every five seconds, every time there was a bump, have to be like, there's nobody fucking murdered ghosts coming. <laughs> Shut up, I'm sleeping. I, that would drive me mental having to constantly convince you that we weren't going to die. The yay. So if the I lived alone, house. yeah, it might turn into a murder house though because <laughs> you're so annoying. Uh, I love you, but I love you. Isn't that enough? See, my mine was, was like sweet. sweet, and yours was just awful. 
that kind of sums us up a little bit. I think I so. Think it might. <laughs> well, Nicole, it's now time for my actual favorite part of the show. It's time for another installment of The Following is Based on a True Story. Nicole, you have won two weeks in a row. You should be excited. I know, you ready now to, I think you're going to check me. Are you ready to extend your lead to three? No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose. It's good to stay positive. All right, Nicole. It's time to play The Following is Based on a True Story. Let's hear it. Movie number one, Retard Dead. Like retard, but with dead on the end. Retard Dead. That is not a movie. The evil Dr. Stern returns, armed with a lethal intelligence serum that yields horrific results at the Butte County Institute for Special Education. Basically, it's like special ed zombies. That is so in bad taste. Are you prepared to, to, without even hearing the other three movies, say that that is the fake? Are you prepared to go out on a limb I'm almost and prepared. call me? No, no. Oh, so you're not that confident. Like this penny at your nose. So you just so you're gonna be like, oh, that's so fake. But when it come when it comes time to throw your hat over the wall, you're not prepared to do that. I'm prepared to do it. Really, you're gonna say right now? Yeah, I'm saying right now that that's a fake movie. So if I read these other three, you're not gonna change your answers. Yep, that's a fake movie. Are you sure? Is that your final answer? Yes. Wow, bold. Movie number two, Step Monster. A young man begins to suspect his older father's new younger bride isn't what she seems. Just like a succubus. Movie number three. This one has a longer explanation. Hard Rock Zombies. A hard rock band travels to the tiny and remote town of Grand Guignol to perform. Peopled by... What? What's the I don't term? know how to pronounce it. Guignol, I think. Say it again. Guignol. <laughs> again? It's G-U-I-G-N-O-L. Fuck yeah. Guignol. <laughs> to perform. Peopled by hicks, rubes, werewolves, murderous dwarves, sex perverts, and Hitler. The town is a strange place, but that doesn't stop the band's lead singer from falling in love with a local girl named Cassie. After Nazi sex perverts kill the band to satisfy their lusts, Cassie calls the rockers back from the grave to save her, the town, and maybe the world. And number four... Microwave massacre. A guy kills his wife because she's a bad cook. <laughs> I liked how long the previous explanation was and how short that one was. I still say retarded. So you say retarded is fake. You think that oh I came up gosh. with retarded. Joey, that is awful. If that's a real movie, I'm going to find the creator and slap them. That's in the worst taste I like how ever. you're pretending that you wouldn't watch the fuck out of that movie. Nicole, there is no one I've ever met who finds handicapped people as funny as you. But in a sweet You're, You way, liked The Ringer. That's a sweet movie. Maybe this is a sweet movie. You don't know. Retarded could be very sweet. That's, that's fake. You're you just, are the Cartman of podcasting. What does that mean? It means that you're racist and you don't like people who are different. Joey, <laughs> I think you are an awful president for coming up with this movie. You think I came up with Retarded? Yep. Nicole, your final answer is Retarded. Yes. Nicole, Retarded is a real movie. Oh, my God. Boom. Back in the saddle, baby. Retarded is a real movie. In fact, it is the sequel to a different movie, whose name I forget, but I think might be coming up in a future episode. Who would episode. make a movie like that? Somebody who's awesome because it sounds funny. I'm so pissed off right now. Nicole, Microwave Massacre is a real movie. It's also a premonition. Could happen. It's one where the guy kills his wife because she's a bad cook. I'm a good cook. No, I know, but I'm just saying. If anyone's going to kill someone, it's me. I'm going to kill the creator of Retarded. Nicole Hard Rock Zombies is a real movie, which means that Step Monster is a fake movie. I came up with Step Monster because it's like Stepmother, but it's Step Monster. And then I thought maybe that was already a movie, but no, it was Monster in Law. But Step Monster, yeah. In fact, I think it's actually the premise. It's very similar to the episode of South Park where Chef marries a succubus. 
You know, I had a, a flash that that was maybe the fake because it was pretty normal. Yeah, I know. I, I kept thinking I'd have to come up with believable movies, but it turns out I don't. <laughs> but I it doesn't whatever. It's still one. That is a movie. There's so many movies. That, I mean, last week, remember we had the one about the, the shit monster? And the one about like the gut pile, like this the. This just seems like really in bad taste. Well, I'm sure it isn't bad. I'm pretty sure it's also like a comedy horror movie. But Sounds awful. Well, we don't have to watch it. Don't make me. <laughs> so I'll, yes, I'll this week, podcast. Joey wins. I'm back on top. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, like you ever on top. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I have sensitive knees. Uh, well, that's going to wrap us up. I guess all that's left to do is to announce what next week's movie is. And finally, after what seems like forever, it's my turn again. Yay! Are you excited? You're like a little kid who can't wait in line. Oh my god. I don't want to wait in line. I want to, I want to go now. We're going to watch an old movie because we watched a new movie this week. All We're right. going to go back in time, Nicole. We're going to go back in time and watch something from the, un- the master of Italian horror. The Godfather Ooh. of Italian horror. You're watching The Godfather? No. The most renowned Italian horror filmmaker. By the name of Mario Bava. Are you familiar with Mario Bava? No. Mario Bava uh, made a whole bunch of movies. Among them were movies like um, my mind is uh, Blood and Black, Blood and Blood and Black Lace, Blood and Lace, and something about Lace and Blood. I've seen it. I forget lace? what it's called. Lace and Blood. Anyway, lace. it's one of those prototypical uh, slasher movies, the Giallo films that later went on to basically create the slasher film genre. This was before that. This was a movie, probably possibly his most famous film. Or at least one of them. We're going to be watching Black Sabbath by Mario Bava. From? Uh, 1963. No. It's an anthology. It has three movies in it. Whoa. One of them has Boris Karloff in it. Did this movie have anything to do with the name Black Sabbath chose? For yeah, they band? named their band after this movie. They did? Yes. <gasps> I'm excited to watch it then. It's going to be nothing like the movie. I mean, you realize, as long as you understand it, it's going to be nothing like the band. Okay. No, I know, but they were inspired by it, so I'm interested yeah. to watch it. Box Out is one of my favorite bands. Yeah, good. I mean, technically, the movie is actually called I Tre Volti della Poira, which is Italian it's for the, 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 the three faces. <laughs> it's Italian for the three faces of fear, but its American title was ah, Black Sabbath. Uh, interestingly enough, Mario Bava also directed a film called Black Sunday. Black. He likes the color black. Black isn't a color. Black is the absence of color. That's right. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be great. There's three shorts called The Telephone, The Word You Lack, and The Drop of Water. Do you want to know what my favorite color is? I guess. Black skulls. That's not a color. That's a thing that you put a color on. Black skulls. Why do you keep saying it like that? Because that's my favorite color. You're weird. It's not a color. It's a... <sighs> well, anyway, so that'll be next week's show, and uh, we hope you return to listen to it. So until next week, I am the creature Joey G... And I'm the bride, Nicole G. And y'all stay scary now. Kissy, kissy. How could this woman ever decide to wed this man?